Pack Box Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. Extension Horses Tack Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Heine with Oklahoma State University. And today we're going to be talking about um, some kind of new fun research about blankets in horses and their hair. So it seems pretty appropriate. We're still in the winter season. So we're going to be talking to an expert that lives up north uh, where it's really cold and horses need blankets. So we have a first time guest to the program, Dr. Michelle DeBoer, who is an assistant professor at the University of Wisconsin in River Falls. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Dr. Heine. I'm happy to be here. So obviously... We live in two different places. So down here in Oklahoma, I always kind of chuckle a little bit when horses or, or owners put blankets on horses versus up north. They can really uh, need the help sometimes. Is that correct? Yes. It. I mean, it depends on the horse, but we have at our university, we have about a herd of 50, 60 mature horses and we don't blanket them at all. But um, I know between my personal horses, um, some other horses, we do definitely see some benefits from helping them out a little bit with some blankets in the winter. So uh, probably worth mentioning then um, that all of those 50 to 60 adult horses do not die in the winter because they do not have blankets. They all appear to be extremely fat and happy. And so, I mean, obviously they're all healthy. They're all at a good age. Their teeth are checked regularly. But yes, they are out in the negatives and they are just enjoying life eating their hay. Okay. So, but you have um, done research actually on blanketing though um, to find out if there was a little bit of benefit to the horses uh, in these kind of, let's be honest, extreme temperatures. Um, well, maybe even tell us what kind of temperatures are up there because those of us that live down south may not realize how exactly cold it can get up north. Yeah, it it gets pretty cold. I know some of the research, like during the, the winters, we've had temperatures down to like negative 40 Fahrenheit or um, colder with wind chill. And those are obviously... I typically few and far in between, but um, back about a month ago, we had a cold streak of like a straight week where our temperatures weren't above zero. So um, with wind chill, it got even lower and it was pretty cold, but um, you know, it lasted a week. And then, you know, the next week we were up closer to the twenties, thirties, and that's a heat wave for us. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's cold for us. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, um, the research that you actually did with putting blankets on on horses. Yeah, so um, the first project I did that kind of stemmed into a few projects was back in 2019, 2020. And uh, the original goal of the project was to look at changes in hair coat length and diameter as a result of blanketing. And so we put medium weight blankets on our horses once temperatures kind of fell below that 40 degrees Fahrenheit at the end of October and they stayed on throughout the winter. And every month we took tweezers and got hair samples from their neck and their hindquarters, and we measured them for length and diameter. And so um, we tried to get horses of all different colors um, that were evenly split between the treatments. The poor students had to measure 20 hairs per horse per for the neck and hindquarters each in the 
each month. And so they had a lot of measuring they got to do with those tiny little hairs. But um, we did that for from October through March when COVID hit actually. And so that kind of ended that study. But we also went and used those same horses in January when they weren't being ridden over our J term. And we looked at changes in their intake. And so um, the students would collect the hay that was wasted and they we take that out so we could monitor how much those horses ate in those different groups. And then also their body weight and body condition score changes over that month. So let's do um, the the eating part because we always um, a lot of times recommend or or say that it, you know when it's cold the horses will eat more and that helps heat them up and that's partially how uh, they can kind of stay warm. So tell us what did you find in did they change what they were eating or what they weighed if they had a, a warm snuggy blanket on? Yeah, so they did, and I think it was we were slightly surprised to see it in the short span of our, our research project as we kind of had those, um, it was 24 days and three weeks. And we're like, you know, it's a really small, small sample. Like, will it actually happen? And um, they've reduced their average consumption by about 0.2% of their body weight. So on average, we found our, they all had brown bales, so free choice access to hay. We found our blanketed horses ate about 2.3% of their body weight, while the non-blanket horses ate 2.5% of their body weight. And so um, it doesn't sound like a huge difference. It ends up equating to about 2.1 pounds per horse per day dry matter. Uh, but over the course of the winter, it ends up being closer to four, 450 pounds per horse that they are oh, would wow. be eating extra for if you considered it around 180 days, which... That's how long our winter is. I know you guys might not <laughs> It's have a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but yeah, it was um, the cost savings we saw based off of the hay prices up in Minnesota at the time. What ended up being about $35 for us in the winter is what we kind of extrapolated that number to. So when you have, you know, 20, 30, or for us, like 50 head of horses, it's quite a bit. Yeah. When you consider it compared to the cost of blankets and blanket repairs, you know, depending you'd have to have an $100 blanket last you about three years to see those benefits. Gotcha. So, um, so there's probably maybe a break even of you're not wasting a bunch of money on blankets, but you're also probably not saving a ton either. Gotcha, gotcha. I was going to ask how, how the blankets fared throughout that period of time in a big herd of horses. Did they Did they stay on? They did stay on. I know that we had a few instances where we had to replace blankets. And in that defense, we did buy very, very cheap blankets for the research that probably I think we got them on sale for like 60 bucks each. But um, they they did get picked on a little bit, but some of them lasted the whole season without an issue. And then the other ones are geldings typically are with a, a little bit rougher on them. They gotcha. So they would play with each other a bit, huh? Yes, they like to play with each other and nip at each other, and we just notice a big gash in the blanket and have to replace it with a new one. Gotcha, gotcha. So, but uh, that is interesting, though, because uh, in some years, you know, hay prices can be really, really high. I know, you know, for us, we had drought, so that's why our hay prices were were super high. But um, it can vary depending on, on the year what if you're bringing hay in from out of state or things like that, that price can really go up. And so this might be, hey, maybe something to think about. Exactly. And that's kind of where we we saw it fitting in uh, with the results was, 
okay, you know, you have a time where maybe it's hard to get hay or the hay is super expensive. Maybe using those blankets can help stretch your hay a little bit longer. I know, you know, for me where I have three horses at home, that's, you know, about a round bale and a half. And, you know, when we're only buying 10, 12 round bales a year for the winter, it, it ends up, you know, being a huge chunk of that. So, mm -hmm. so, um, then your your research kind of did show you know we always say right that horses eat to stay warm so in fact they really did yeah and that's so it was interesting to look at the changes there too because they ate to stay warm and so the thought is those blankets helped them you know artificially maintain their body temperature so they didn't need to eat as much we also wanted to look at weight gain because going into the study i thought two things either it would reduce their intake, they'd eat less and maintain their body weight, or they would eat eat the same amount and then the blanketed horses would gain weight because they would be conserving more energy. So we found that they did eat less. We did see during one of the time periods that the blanketed horses did also actually gain more weight than what our non-blanketed horses did. So they were able to eat less, maintain or gain slightly more weight than our non-blanketed horses. And I think that also shows benefits for our like underweight horses or older horses or our hard keepers is yes, you can, they can eat less or eat the same amount and you're going to help them maintain their body weight better and their body condition score better than um, if they were to have not have blankets on. So, right. And that all kind of goes together too, because a higher body condition score horse typically, well, he's more insulated, right? <laughs> so, so he's got some natural windbreak there. <laughs> um, and so those are the horses we really recommend. Hey, in the winter, it might help them out um, by putting a blanket on for multiple reasons then. Yeah. And going back to all how our school horses don't have blankets, they're all a little on the, the heftier side of our body condition score. So in those cases, it can actually be beneficial not to blanket, right? As we're you know, especially if they do have more of a limited hay intake, it can be a, a chance to help them get down to a healthier body condition score. Right. So the hair, let's talk about hair because I, I believe a lot of people do blanket their horses with the idea that, okay, then I have a shorter hair coat. And so when I ride them, exercise them, et cetera, if they do get a little sweaty or it's easier to cool them out or if they're going to be show ponies etc we want shorter hair coats so tell us the story of what you found on the length of their hair yeah so with the length of the hair so i mentioned earlier that we took samples from about the middle of their neck and we did it on the non-main side so the main would impact that length and then we took it from the middle of their hindquarters as well so we looked at those two different locations Surprisingly, we did not find a change in a significant change in our flank hair. We did find it on the neck hair, though. And the, the blankets they were wearing were just the typical blankets that went around their chest. They didn't cover their necks as well. Um, so the change that we saw was our non-blanketed horses had longer hair in January and February, which is kind of the peak of our winter. And then our blanketed horses had shorter hair at that point. Uh, the difference was about our non-blanketed horses were about 2.3 inches in January compared to our blanketed horses, which were 1.7 inches in January. So it was about 0.6 inches difference. We can yeah. all imagine holding our fingers up right now. Right? Exactly. <laughs> 
So it, it wasn't huge, but it's, I mean, still measurable, like a, a decent amount. And then by February, we began to see them shed. And so the hair coat length was decreasing at that point. And so their neck hair was 1.9 inches for our non-blanketed horses and 1.4 inches for our blanketed ones. So um, about the same, that was about half of an inch difference. And, um, but still, yeah. Going down, they're all kind of shedding, but we we saw that change until about March. They all kind of leveled out in March, and the hair was the same length. So um, ultimately, for us, we saw you know these short term changes that were significant in January and February. But keep in mind, we didn't blanket our horses till I think it was October twenty seventh, somewhere around the very end of October. So these changes were observed within about two and a half, three months from when they first got a blanket on. Okay. So, but when we tell people about blankets um, and if you want horses to have short hair, we always talk about um, day length and putting horses under lights. So then that would appear to mean that certainly there are two drivers for hair coat length. It's not just day length, but temperature does matter. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, your photo period, the amount of daylight that is going to be always the main driver. But for quite a while, I heard people say it was the only driver. And I think it's important to understand it's a lot more complex than that. We have other variables at play there. And um, I mean, you also think about like the hair coats our horses are growing up in the upper Midwest. It's going to be a lot different than down in Oklahoma and the hair coats they get. So I think that's another indicator that we see more than just the photo period and also um, the temperatures that they're exposed to. Yeah, and I, I, I know maybe because that's always anecdotal because nobody does research like that. But in my N of two, um, when they lived in Wisconsin, they were much hairier than they are now living in Oklahoma. So, I mean, night and day different in the amount of hair coat that the horses grow. Um, and again, maybe we do have a little bit of different day length as well, but still our temperature difference is pretty extreme. And so you see very different hair coats. Yeah, exactly. Now, did you, with your research, you primarily use stock horses. Did you have the opportunity ever to observe our fuzzy little friends, the ponies? <laughs> we did not. I am slowly trying to convince the university to get a little herd of miniature horses that I can work with. But no, we had, so the horses we used in this study, it was primarily quarter horses. We had um, a, two thoroughbreds. So one was in each study and then two Arabians as well. And I think two Korabs, but unfortunately no ponies at this point. <laughs> So yeah, I, I would just you know throw out the the ponies because it doesn't seem to differ where ponies live with the amount of hair coat. They're they just always fluffy. <laughs> they are some fluffy buggers. So. <laughs> it's interesting how different horses and ponies can be. I know we always kind of group them together, but I know I've heard a lot of a lot about how they just naturally are just so inherently different. Yes, they do quite well in the cold weather. <laughs> so um, on our podcast before, I know we've talked about, uh, we've had some things about whether horses should be blanketed or not. Uh, but I think from your perspective, um, with kind of weight gain, not weight gain, or controlling hair coat length, what, what guidelines would you, you know, give to owners based off of you know, the data that you collected. Yeah, so I'm a very big advocate that you need to make the decision that's best for your horse. 
Uh, with that being said, with blanketing, I also like to stress the time it takes to do it well. Uh, if you're going to blanket, there's nothing wrong with blanketing as long as, you know, you're not leaving blankets on when it gets really warm and your horse is sweating underneath or you're willing to change the blanket weight, monitoring, taking the blankets off repeatedly to monitor their body weight and body condition score throughout the winter, uh, making sure the snaps are on properly and, the you know, there's not too much room or they can get a leg caught or the snap gets caught on a hay net. So I guess that's always my first disclaimer of, I think, there's nothing wrong with blanketing if you're going to do it well and you're going to monitor your horse and take the time to do that. Um, with that being said, the times where I'm more of an advocate, because obviously we see it didn't impact hair coat significantly. If you want to do that, clipping is probably your better option where then you would use a blanket. Um, but our horses who have a hard time keeping weight on, obviously by seeing that they were able to conserve more energy and eat less hay with those blankets that will obviously help in that facet. Up here, we recommend having a blanket um, if they don't have shelter and it falls below five degrees and that would include wind chill. So if it gets really cold and we're not giving them another way to protect themselves, that's beneficial. I know some other research has shown wind and precipitation and the impact that plays is overall that has more of a driver in um, impacting the horse's ability to thermoregulate than just the ambient temperature alone. So I'm less likely to blanket when we have those days where it's even below zero versus when it gets super windy or we're getting a sleet or a wet snow that is going to dampen their hair coat and impact their ability to thermoregulate from the piloerection, that lifting of that hair coat. So those are some of my factors that I tend to consider is the individual horse. Um, I know a lot of times we tend to make those decisions because we are cold and so we want to help our horses out. And a lot of times they do just fine and they, they're perfectly happy. Their um, lower critical temperature for a summer coat, so before they've grown that winter coat, is about 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Like that's their happy place. So we might be getting cold around them, but a lot of horses do just fine. Um, monitoring them though for their behaviors, are they shivering, especially that might indicate that they're cold. If they're shivering for long periods of time, making sure they're dry, getting a blanket on can help them in those instances. So I do think it's an individual horse thing and uh, each owner knows their horse the best. So what about like here, uh, we don't have it get cold in October and then not be warm until April. Ours is a bit shorter. So <laughs> our winters are, you know, our horses do have shorter hair coats here um, and our winters are very sporadic. Like we will have winter for two, three days um, and then we have spring <laughs> so, and it will do this. Um, or we'll have this, you know, a couple years ago where we had that really, really deep freeze um, that lasted, you know, I think it was about four days or so where it was really cold, like legitimately really cold here. So what would you recommend in, in those cases? Again, put yourself in, in a different state shoes where yeah. it's just like all over the place when it's putting my air quotes winter. Yeah, that's a great question. And I know I can speak from how I personally manage my own horses a bit is, you know, when we have temperature extremes or big unexpected changes, my horses might not physiologically be prepared for. I tend to help them out with a blanket. I always try to keep them on hand, whether it's it's a sheet, right? If it's just really wet, 
um, just protecting them that way, or if it's different weights of blankets to try to help them. Um, I know for me, like I get them used to very low temperatures, but then when it's cold, windy, I'll rainy, I'll, I'll throw that blanket on and then I try to remove it when it gets warm again. And I know there's some debate in terms of piloerection and their ability to lift their hair coat of, well, if blanketing impacts that, then taking off the blanket, can they still be fine? And anecdotally, I've seen my horses fluff back up after having a blanket on a week or two, and they're perfectly fine after that. I just try to pick a, a warmer day to allow a warm, sunny day where they can do that. But ultimately, I think it's never a bad idea to be prepared for those situations. And um, well, a lot of horses will probably do fine with shelter and hay um, when they're not prepared for something. I, I personally would rather just make sure they're comfortable and dry and save a little bit of money on hay probably in the process of they're not going to be eating as much right. doing yeah. that. So what about, have you um, read the papers that uh, where the horses got to pick? whether they wore a blanket or not? Yes, I did. I want to do that for my own personal horses so badly. I want to do it for the school horses too. I think that adds a whole different level to the thought of what we consider cold. So can we, uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, I didn't warn you to talk about this. <laughs> but do you uh, remember, want to summarize a little bit about um, what they found with the, if horses got to choose, what do they choose? <laughs> Yeah. And so what they did for this one, I'm trying to think back to it. I know they had different signs with different symbols on it. And so if the horse picked one symbol, it meant um, they wanted a blanket. Another symbol meant they didn't want a blanket. And I believe they had a symbol too, like suggesting they wanted to stay the same. So they had some that were blanketed, some that weren't, and then they could like sway on this spectrum of what what they wanted to choose and they found the most driving factors for it were wind and precipitation and so um don't remember i i have it written down somewhere the exact wind speeds and the exact um you know temperature and precipitation because i guess that was kind of the combined factor of if it was cold um temperatures and also raining they wanted it. If it was snowing they didn't find as strong of a response to be blanketed because the snow itself kind of acted like an insulator. It didn't wet down that hair coat and it didn't um, take away as much heat from their body. So um, I thought, I, I think that's probably along the lines, I don't know if there's anything you want to add as well. Yeah, but. no, I just remember, and I wish I could have uh, thought about this ahead of time. There was an exact temperature that the horses were all like, no, no more blankets. Like it's warm, fine. <laughs> so. Yeah, and they just, I'm trying to think of it too, but it, it wasn't a super high temperature. It was like, you know, a pretty moderate, like mild temperature and they were all okay after that. And I think I think it's so hard because we do talk a lot about like when a horse is cold, when they need a blanket, and we can't really say when a horse is cold. Even even looking at physiological parameters, it really comes down to how does the horse quote unquote feel, and you can't do that unless you ask the horse. And this was a really cool way to add that variable and that measurement in is okay, we can tell you what we see, but is the horse actually cold or do they get too warm and are they uncomfortable? I think right. it would be a cool spectrum to be able to determine, right, of where we dictate cold is versus them. Right. I mean, the same thing, like in a in an office building, you'll find like 
let's be honest, most of the women are going to have their heaters and their coats on because they set the temperature for the men. At, you know, so even yeah. within a species, right, in the same room, you can have very, very different responses to, do I want my blanket on or off? <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. So fantastic. This is kind of fun because um, I think people always, you know, ha again, they have their opinions and their thoughts and what we feel like. But I think it's really important to use data to actually show does this matter or does it not? Um, and then if you combine that other fun study where what does the horse think about it? I think then we can make really, really good, hopefully good decisions for our horses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did a survey on it for a, a while back in between these studies, just trying to determine like where, where should we be going, right? What do we need to look at? Because so much, I mean, blanketing is probably one of the most controversial topics you can talk about in the horse world, it's like politics. And it's just, everyone has a very strong opinion, but it's if we can guide these opinions with science. And there are some very interesting um, opinions that people weren't very strong on and they didn't really know like one was how it impacts social grooming and things like that that I think we can delve into further and I'm really excited to hopefully carry on some of this work so we can take a little bit more of the debate out of blanketing and make decisions that end up being the best for our horses. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate um, having you on the program um, and certainly would invite you back uh, if you have some other fun studies, you know, maybe like how to get them not to tear off their blanket. <laughs> or maybe that's what they're saying. Take it off. So. Yeah, I'm done with it. <laughs> no. Okay. Come back whenever. So yeah, yeah. Delighted to have you back. <laughs> so um, for more information um, on blanketing in horses, we certainly have infographics at extensionhorses.com, um, as well as uh, other information about winter feeding and winter care for horses. So again, thank you, Dr. DeBoer. And this has been our Tech Box Talk, Horse Stories with a Purpose. Thank you. Thank you.